The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another stream edition of the Dropback Podcast live on Britballin. I'm your host, Joe, this week, and I'm joined down the line by the returning Sam Lewis. Nodding. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Stan Wilson. Hello, Joe. How's it going? Pretty good. And Matthew Burns Peak. How's it going, buddy? All good, boys. We've got a, actually a fair a bit to cover this week, considering how dead the off-season is. Uh, a lot of, lot of news piping around, first of which would be Julio Jones, who reported by Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, uh, is rumoured to be traded before the start of the 2021 season. So what I want to know from you guys is, do you actually see this happening? And potentially what teams could we actually see him going to? I personally think it's really weird considering you've just invested in another weapon for Matt Ryan to then go and trade perhaps the best weapon of all, Julio Jones, away. It just seems really weird, especially considering Calvin Ridley has proved that he can't cope as a number one receiver. I don't... I'm not a big fan of the move personally. Mm. I mean, it, it would make sense if they were trying to rebuild the roster, but they're clearly not. They look like they're trying to go like semi all in on Matt Ryan and their offense this year, so doesn't really make sense yeah i'd agree with what stan's saying there right the draft the drafting number four tight end get you're right surrounding matt ryan with weapons now it's not really either a ready-made replacement for julio or building the team up for the future it's like yeah let's win now though maybe they're looking at the team like mm, we're not actually going to be able to win now let's see if we can get some future stuff for julio jones i feel like julio jones like rumors about Julio Jones being traded spring up every off season though, and it's it's always seems like a non-starter to me. Like when you've got a guy who's that good, yes, he's on a big contract, but I mean it, it's a team that's kind of devoid of stars. I mean you've got Matt Ryan, of course, and now you've, you bring in Carl Pitts, who can be that you know headline player for for the Falcons. But outside of that, there's not really a lot to get excited about if you're a Falcons fan especially when you think about how derelict the defensive side of the ball is. So I kind of think you need to keep hold of Julio Jones, even for the fact that, you know, he's a franchise legend. He encapsulates everything that Falcons fans like to see from their team. I think if you trade him away, then it's going to be very difficult to get enthusiasm and support for the upcoming season. Unless, of course, they think that Kyle Pitts can be that number one guy and Calvin Ridley stays as a number two target. And then you think, all right, with Julio Jones, we can sort of get some pieces to build up that defense. But you're not going to line up Kyle Pitts as your ex receiver like nine times out of 10. Sure, it's an option in some packages. You can flex him out there to create mismatches and try and engineer weaknesses in a defense. But Mm. as I said, nine times out of 10, he's going to be lined up as a wide tight end or in line on the line of scrimmage. It's... It's not. It's not a move yeah. that would make sense. But you have would... to be on the outside to be your number one guy. Keenan Allen's often in the slot. You got Kittle is the number one guy in San Francisco. Gronk for years was the number one guy. In no, New I know, England. but I know. But we've, all we've, it, we it opens up one on ones all over the rest of the place. True, but then also you're you're making that massively less effective if you take Julio out of the equation as well. Because if you're going to play Carl Pitts and use that that 
matchup advantage without a Julio Jones to worry about on the outside. They can just bracket that you can bracket Carl Pitts. You could put two men on him. Like you can neutralize him in that way. You can't afford to do that when you've got Julio Jones on the outside as well. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like a really, really just crazy move. Like, especially for Calvin Ridley as well, who didn't cope well in the past when Jones has been injured. Calvin Ridley does tend to show up, especially for my fantasy team. uh, (laughs) Just just for Joe's fantasy team though. Yeah, but he does def- definitely benefit from Julio being on the field, oh, and I think it's, it's way—it's just way too early to to believe that. Oh, we've got Kyle Pitts now; we don't need Julio. I I think there's this seems like a bit of just bullshit, to be honest. That's just yeah. sort of going. And I mean, around. also talk about pressure that you're putting on Kyle Pitts, right? Like you're going to draft him first. We're going to draft draft him higher than we've ever seen a tight end drafted, and then on top of that, you're going to get rid of the biggest offensive star that that team has and be like okay Carl Pitts is literally completely up to you in your rookie season in a position that's notoriously difficult to transition from college to the NFL in like good luck kid that seems like a bit of a, a tough gig to put him in straight away do you reckon it's got anything to do with the fact that Julio has somewhat struggled to stay healthy over the last couple of seasons like for a long period of time so it's like oh well, maybe we still training. get something yeah that reason they'd be open to trading is like Look, if we want to move on, this is probably the last chance we'll have to get a good package for him. Yeah, maybe. No, that that's true. That is very true. And if yeah, exactly. If they're looking to get maybe multiple first round picks or a first and a second, first and a third, they'd be looking obviously to replace him with someone else. Mm. Yeah. It, Plus, I mean, he just deserves to be on a good team. He does, he does deserve, deserve to be on a good team. He does deserve it. We need to get that man a ring. As a big fan of Julio Jones, the player. I think it would be quite advantageous for Julio Jones to be traded to a team that's ready to contend. But if I'm honest, I think this is mostly just the Falcons sort of trying to gauge what sort of value Julio holds right now instead of necessarily actively trying to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, but how how many teams do you reckon do this quite often with a lot of their veteran players, like shop them around? Yeah, this might... Yeah, I feel like it happens quite a lot, to be honest. Yeah, it's a business as well, you've got to remember. So it's not like the GMs have allegiances to the players the same way the um, the uh, coaches will. So, yeah, they're just going to shop them around as assets, essentially. And I, it makes yeah. sense to see what you can get. Because if they get a good deal for him, then I would be completely for trading him. Hmm. But if if not, well, then it's not worth it. I know, it sends a pretty what, big what, message what you... to your team that you're not competing this year if you trade Julio. Oh, but look at that defence. There's no way they're competing this year. What do you think is a good deal for the for the Falcons, then, for Julio? First and, second. Yeah, first, and second. first and a second. Yeah, first and a second. First and second would be realistic. How old is he? 33? 31. Is he only 31? I don't I I don't think he's 33. I think he's younger than 33. 32. So 32, right in the middle. Yeah. Right in the anyway, middle. You can get a first and a second for a 32-year-old receiver. Yeah, because he's Yeah, that might be that good. No, to be fair, that, that might be a bit of an overstatement. You get that much for him. Yeah. You might get a first. I think the only might, way yeah, they... It depends on the team. I think, I, to be de- fair, I think you'd definitely get a first for Julio Jones. Yeah. I think that, that being said, Slu, the only way I think they can get a first and a second if he's that old is if it was week eight just before the deadline and there's a contending team in dire need of an X receiver and they're ready to put all their chips on the table, go win now mode. Mm. Like, I could see that happening, but I don't think it would happen in any other instance now. Yeah, like if Stefan Diggs goes down for the Bills in like week seven and... 
you know they they need someone to jump into that role then Julio yeah. Jones would be a, a that would be a, a a sick situation for all parties involved and yeah, would be a situation where the Falcons would get maximum value but outside yeah. of that I don't see him going in the offseason fair play yeah. yeah so they traded Mohamed Sanu a couple of years ago for just a second you still think they get more than that for Julio Absolutely, Julio Jones on a different planet to Mohamed. I'm not Sanu. saying he's not, but what I'm saying is, it'd be funny if they somehow managed to get more for Sanu than they do for Julio Jones. There is no, would, there, oh. To be fair, even a second for Sanu was pretty high. That's all agree. Yeah, that, that was, was an outrageous crazy. trade. That, that was that, crazy. That's pretty good value. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'll be honest. I don't think it's going to happen either way. I think this is just uh, some a little pot stirring that typically happens in the off season. Mm-hmm. So moving swiftly on to another unconventional tight end. We're not talking about where he could end up, Joe. I mean, we Falcons. Kind of He's ending up at the Falcons. It's not going to happen. Well, Sam did mention just before we started that Derek Henry had retweeted Jeff Schultz's tweet. Yeah. And as we all know, Derek Henry runs the Tennessee Titans. He does run for the Tennessee <laughs> he Titans. He does. <laughs> he does. Like, that is not a lie. I think those are the ones have been heavily linked with. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised the Pats doing that. Like, if you're thinking of a team that's willing oh. to give up a first-round pick, the Pats don't really care about giving up they like, first-round round picks round for players. Picks. So, yeah. are you saying there's no chance that they don't send a first to bring Julio Jones to New England? Yeah, who needs Nikhil Harry when you've got Julio Jones? Who needs Nikhil Harry full stop? Well, well there is that argument. I'd that be so sad argument. if that happened. One way of looking at it. I'd be Is that because you're a salty sad. AFC East fan, though? Yes. There you go. If nothing exactly. Matt says about the Patriots is in any way objective. No, no. no, it never is. I mean, I wouldn't. Dis- I, I objectively dislike them massively. I guess. <laughs> never, never, never shied behind that. No, you really didn't. And you never Did you have. See the Patriots giving away a, a first, though. To... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They gave away a second for Sanu. Yeah. Yeah, that's they... true. Bill Belichick does not give a damn about draft capital. Or just drafting in I general. Mean, he doesn't like it. He doesn't do it well They do either. tend to keep their first round picks. The man sits his dog well, there unless, on the unless screen. Unless they want for... a bar and they can trade he gave, They gave up a first for Brandon Cooks. They'll give up a first for Julio Jones. Yeah. 100%. Brandon yeah, Cooks that, was like 24 at the time. And then they traded him a year later. Yeah. A 32 year old Julio Jones for a year is much better than... Brandon Cooks for a year. That is true, but I guess at the time you could have thought that with Brandon Cooks they could get him for multiple years. Maybe. I just think Belichick's got enough faith in himself that he knows he'll be able to find players in the later rounds to start. So he doesn't really though. He he does. Does. No, I know, but I think he thinks but but based on what how they treat their first round picks, like I think, he doesn't yeah, really care about him. The Patriots Do you not think Belichick's ability... a good drafter? The, the Patriots' ability to draft in late rounds is massively overstated because of their success. You think, oh, he doesn't he doesn't draft in the first round well, but he must draft when the later rounds because of all the success they've had. Like there was that thing shared around social media recently. The only Pro Bowl they've drafted in like many many years is their punter. Good punter though. Yeah, Edelman never made the Pro Bowl. I'm saying in recent years that they drafted like I think it's like the last ten years or something. Fair enough. Like, Edelman hey, no. doesn't deserve a Pro Bowl. <laughs> What? Postseason Pro Bowl, yeah, sure, but it depends. He's criminally also, the Pro Bowls are complete. Criminally, it... mm. I agree with that. Yeah, but that's just because we can't trust anything you say about the Patriots, Matt. To be honest, that's no, not I'm, fair. I'm, I'm I'm definitely... You're exempt. You're exempt it's, from Patriots. Ignore Matt's opinion. Matt does not. Matt does not speak for me here. Julian Edelman <laughs> is incredibly overrated. 
Wow. What do you mean, wow? I don't the think he's don't really turns up I think it depends either. on how high you rate him, doesn't it? Yeah, he only turns people up for the last few games. People talk about him being a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, that, he's not a Hall of Famer. That's, that's what I mean, though. That's what I mean about him joke. being criminally overrated. Yeah, it's surprising he didn't make a Pro Bowl, though, considering that is effectively just a, a popularity contest anyway. Because everyone hates the Patriots apart from the Patri- Patriots fans. Any any other teams outside of the Patriots that you could see? Um, it's about affordability. He's on about, what, 15 yeah. mil this year. So there's only well, about 10 boy. teams that have that cap room. Mm. 49ers don't have any ammunition to give up because they traded it all to go get Trey Lance. I think the Colts would be, be dope if he went to the shout. Eagles. Who Jones and Devontae he... Smith? I mean, yeah, I would, I would like that, but I don't think we've got the cat room either. We've only got Col- five mil. Yeah, Colts and Chargers Colts, they, would be my guess. The Colts, they'd have, they have a pretty. I mean, they don't have the guy like Julio Jones anymore in, in that locker room, but they've got a pretty stacked receiver room in general. Yeah, Pittman's Pittman's their ex, but I guess they could move him across to Z. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you don't look at that team and saying, "Oh, we're." just about there so we don't need Julio Jones the yeah, Chargers on the other hand no Kim Allen and Mike Williams who are both really good I think they've got other needs yeah. other than receiver yeah yeah, no, but no one can say oh we don't want Julio Jones we're, we're alright we're good Falcons he's apparently the... <laughs> yeah but that's because they're rebuilding or whatever they're doing it's a, it's a different I'd take, fish. I'd take Julio for a high second oh that's good of you Joe Back it out. yeah why not why you you pull, pull the trigger Joe do it Unfortunately, we have much sparter GMs in Baltimore. So, all right, if we're all done there, yeah, I will move swiftly on to the Giants, who signed another unconventional tight end in Kelvin Benjamin, the six foot four, two hundred forty-five pound playing weight when he was a wide receiver. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people have said, you know, he he's the size of a tight end before, but this did spark some. Is he tall enough? He's never played with the physicality of a tight end. That's my issue as well. Yeah, is he tall, tall enough? Did he say, Stan? Six foot four is a tight end. I thought you had to be like six six to be a tight end. He's tall and Tebow. That's yeah, true. And I'm, I'm not an advocate for Tebow playing tight end either. I thought he was six five. Six four or six five. Doesn't matter. Like either way, he's tall. He's tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't think you can be like. You he, he's be tall enough to play tight end. Tight end. There yeah, are times exactly. there are six three anyways. It's not it's not the end yeah. of the world. But the main issue with Kelvin Benjamin is one of his biggest red flags was that he's he's tall and big, but doesn't play physically in the run game. He doesn't play physically. He doesn't use his body in an effective way as a receiving threat to box people out. Particularly, I don't know. I think that's harsh saying he doesn't use his body to catch. I completely agree with you as a runner, but I think he's got a really good catch point and is able to. Because he doesn't have any separation, he can, he can, so he I mean, has he to be able to box people out to catch. Yeah, and and also you've got you've got Evan Ingram in that tight end room in with the Giants. It's not like, and you've got uh, Rudolph as know. a blocking guy. I don't see where he fits oh, in yeah, on the you've roster. Got Rudolph now because they've got yeah. they've got enough weapons at receiver that he's sort of not really worth bringing in just as a receiving threat. Because that yeah, you're right, Ingram is that guy. He might get cut to us. You've got to look at it, the fact that he's getting signed as a tight end, a position he's never played before. He's clearly, his market clearly isn't that strong. So it's likely that he might get cut. That's what my prediction would be. He doesn't make the roster. 
Yeah, and we always say how hard it is for tight ends to adapt to the league anyway, let alone people that have mm. never played tight end in their life. Uh, yeah. is, how is he going to learn how to do both jobs effectively? I just don't really see it. No, neither. That's a really valid point. It's a, yeah, good point. And yeah, that's that's why I Solid would say, point. yeah, have an experiment with him, see if you like him at tight end, but I don't see how he I'd fits be in. Shocked. I'd be shocked if it worked out. I'd be shocked yeah. if he's on the roster week one. So would I. He also hasn't played on an NFL field since 2018. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know, maybe he spent that whole time shoving weights around and practicing run blocking. But unless he has, don't see it working. I mean, given his history, he probably spent it gaining a lot of weight. To be wow. Honest. Oh. We don't body shame here on the drop <laughs> show. Hey, <laughs> I mean, not. I've gained a lot of weight during lockdown. So it's <laughs> it's pretty normal. What I Is think. that to play tight end? So that was... um. <laughs> No, that was one of his issues in in Carolina. <laughs> one of his issues in Carolina that he, he came in overweight quite a lot, and mm. maybe he's you know he might not be two hundred and forty five pounds anymore. He might put on a, a fair bit, and he's he, he can't be playing it more than that, can he? He could still be two hundred forty five pounds. It could just not be muscle. That's the thing. It has to be effective weight. Just putting on random weight to play tight end isn't going to help you. I yeah. can't see him playing, playing at I can't see him playing like well over two fifty pounds. To be honest with you, I don't think he'll be able to sustain it and move as quickly and be as agile as he would need to be an NFL player. Yeah, I think the the one advantage you do have playing him at tight end is that he he's not going to be up against these really quick guys that he would be up against the outside. So maybe you get a bit more of a mismatch. But yeah, he I doesn't do enough of a job. There are so many of those guys there. Yeah, that you yeah. don't need a guy that has never played tight end. Yeah, I think you're kind of scraping for compliments when you're saying, "Oh, he's a failed wide receiver." So at least we'll, we'll stick him with tight end. At least he'll be quicker than the guys that are yeah, It does seem to be a little bit of a piss take. All these like ex football players going back. It's like you know what? I'll give tight end a try. That seems easy. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit disrespectful. I'm, I'm sure George Kittle and um, Travis Kelsey would have something to say about it. I don't think they give a shit. I think they're secure enough in their abilities. But do I mean, you think I mean in terms of, in terms of like degrading the position, sort of just. Hmm. lessening the value of a tight end. I know. Well, haven't we been degrading it for years anyway by saying anyone that's a good tight end? Oh, he's more than a tight end. He's a weapon. That is true. Yeah. That is very true. That phrase gets used a lot. Or you liken them to a wide receiver and that's a compliment rather than saying they're a good tight end. <laughs> he's got great <laughs> hands for a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Why well, put the second bit? Just let him have good hands. Yeah. It's like, being a for- it's like being a forward in rugby. Oh, you're really quick for a forward. No rugby You're torture, good. Stan. Yeah, this is a football podcast. Rugby doesn't exist. <laughs> you never know. He might have just been signed as a tight end to fill the roster spot. In, you know, That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, we don't know how he's going to use him. If you're going to do that, but... it's a Make-A-Wish-Kid, right? Like, if there's, no point <laughs> there's, no, there's no risk, and we know he can catch, so yeah, the, like, what's the harm? Yeah, the Giants are going to experiment, and if he can't, if he's not physical enough to play the position, then he's likely going to be cut. I do honestly think when we're comparing this to Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow is probably going to make the roster just because of his relationship. You think Tim Tebow is making the roster? Oh, yeah. Not out of merit, though. I agree with you, Joe. I think he'll make it, but not out of merit. It'll be because he's Tim Tebow and he likes Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer likes him. Good guy to have in the locker room. Is it worth it just for that one trick play where he throws a pass? What, to the other fucking team? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) thing yeah. is as well can you imagine tim tebow playing special teams no 
We saw it at the Jets. He what? played special teams at the Jets. He was Did the, he? Remember, he was the punt protector. Oh, he was the protector? He was, nice. yeah. Wow. That's I remember nice. that. It was, you know, our backup was, board, uh, Tim Tebow, makes a team. Yeah. <laughs> I He's thought he was going to be a fullback. He could probably be like the holder for field goals. I could see Tim Tebow playing special teams more than I could see Kelvin Benjamin playing special teams. The issue with Tebow as a tight end as well is that he's only 6'2". Like, he's had an issue with Benjamin being 6'4". <laughs> and he's not quick enough to run a, run away from linebackers in the same way. Yeah. Like, he's not we also, we also don't position. know if he has hands. We don't know if he can catch yeah. a football very well. 6'2". Yeah, that's a big issue. Yeah. Urban Meyer really... can play and catch with him in the front yard. Yeah. Urban knows. <laughs> that is true. That's Brilliant. Crazy. Yeah, but 6'2 for a tight end is an absolute joke. Considering like the, some of the linebackers <laughs> would be like the same height as you. Well, the whole oh point is a tight God. end is that you're big. You've got a big catch race. You've got a high catch point. Yeah, so no no self-respecting linebacker or defensive lineman in the NFL is going to allow themselves to be blocked by a quarterback. It's just not going to happen. I'd rather take a penalty than, than be blocked by a pe- by um, Tim Tebow. Oh, they'll be absolutely gunning for him. Mm. Yeah, that man's going to be bruised. He will be. He will be indeed. Anyway... So moving moving on from that, uh, PFF are actually on a bit of a mad one this week. So got another PFF uh, related thing. Uh, so they have recently announced their top deep threats of all time, in which they have crowned king uh, Tyreek Hill out of all time receivers oh as the best deep threat. My God, interesting. Firstly, what what do you guys think of this? Like. Do you think that's, he's deserving of the uh, the all time? Is it that crown? outrageous? Is it that outrageous to call him one of the best deep threats of all time? The considering best. he's got Olympic. No. But no, the best, one of the best. Fair enough. I would. Also, I would agree, they just but... strung this one guy out out to dry on Twitter. Just posted his picture and said, "Ha, this is the guy that said it. Go get him." Like <laughs> him, not us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, there there are just so you can think of so many other other players that you would Randy Moss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my Jerry, my Jerry, pick would be Randy. Did Jerry Rice played fucking baseball or something instead. Then, like, did, did we miss the entire? You think Jerry Rice is one of the best deep threats in I NFL? History? I would say Jerry Rice is one of the. It's probably the best receiver to ever play. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Best player to ever. I played. wouldn't say deep. I wouldn't say deep threat. When you think deep threat, you. What does deep What does deep threat constitute then in this in this context? Like how right, have you, PFF you, said that this is why? I don't know. I think deep threat is it'd be calculating receiver success over twenty yards or something like that. that's generally considered like a deep ball, maybe thirty yards or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you think of a deep ball receiver, you think of maybe a guy with a, a bigger frame or in in uh, instead like an incredibly high catch point or a big catch radius who's yeah. good at winning like 50-50 jump balls. I don't think it's right on Tyreek Hill to say that he isn't. Yeah, it's just, there is, I think it's just disrespectful to all these guys Randy that have come Moss. before to say that, yeah, Randy Moss used to shove his hand in the air when the cornerback was still five yards in front of him. That's how yeah. confident he was. It was good to just blaze past him. And then all the time he did. Exactly. Yeah. She's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah also, t- if we're talking statistics, Deshaun Jackson actually leads, uh, leads the pack go. for. Yeah, most 60 yard receptions. Yeah. So, which makes over me 50. wonder. Which makes me wonder why they, why they've, how they've run the numbers and come up with Tyreek Hill as the best deep threat when there are people. I mean, statistically. Yeah, I think with PFF in general, you've got to question how they come up with their grades and numbers. To be honest, yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot of the time, it's completely backwards. Yeah, yeah. The thing it's always some weird as well is that 
no one's going to confuse him as being one of the best receivers of all time. And there's a question if he's even a Hall of Fame. I mean, probably not. And that's just an Eagles fan. But to say that he's not a great deep threat is ridiculous. Like yeah. The one thing he can do is get behind a defense. Last year, he was injured the entire year, played one game, scored an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. He does. Yeah. It's what he does, exactly. I mean, it was That's against the, um, the Washington football team, but we'll, we'll breeze past against the Dallas that. Cowboys, actually, was so it? even easier. Washington had good defense last year. I was going to say, don't start slandering Washington. Outrageous. Yeah, I mean, to prove Matt's point about PFF, they also just ranked Kyle Pitts as the fourth best tight end in football right now. Having not seen him play a down in the NFL. He hasn't played I mean, an NFL stat. Yes, yeah. but it's using their, it's using their it's special weighted scale that it's only they know about. It's oh, not, it's not, no, yeah. They don't use their weighted scale for anything. Everything. Some of this stuff is just like their opinions, but they hide behind, they use statistics for everything. It's like, that's my I don't think it's that outrageous. I think Kyle Pitts is just absolutely phenomenal. I, I'd be willing you to take a bet. These guys are, prof- these guys are professionals, though, so they should be covering themselves a little bit more than me. I can just say this stuff and not have any consequences. But... <laughs> and you're <laughs> pure PFF. Yeah, you do research. Outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult. I mean, the Carl Pitts one, you haven't seen him play in the NFL, so to say that he's the fourth best tight end in the league is a bit of a joke. But yeah, um, how many tight ends have we seen sort of not live up to that hype? Yeah, exactly. And we all think to Kyle Pitts is going to be great, but the fourth best right now? Yeah. No, that's that's outrageous. And it's it's just setting him up to fail with recent recent history of tight ends drafted early in the first as well. Oh, that's unfair though. Don't, don't look at history. Just look at who he is as a player. I think. But and... we don't. But the point is, we don't know who he, we know who he is. Yeah, as exactly. A we don't player. know. We don't know okay. who he is as an NFL player. Okay, fair, fair play. We'll, we'll come back in a year's time or so, just after the season. Hey, I we'll hope look, I'm we'll wrong. Like Carl Pitts looks like a sick player. Like, yeah, they may well be right. Great, yeah. You can't start calling that now. Is is the point? Um, well, they can though, because yeah. they've got a load of clicks, a load of likes, a load of comments off it. So who's that's laughing now? That's right. PFF. That's my worry with PFF is that it is starting to become clickbait. It is starting to feel a little bit clickbait with some of the stuff they've released in the last sort of two, three years. It's, it's starting to f- move towards that like clickbait. Yeah, like, the, 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 the grades and analysis stuff. That I think that's quite cool. Like, mm, some, yeah, I don't agree right. with the way I don't agree with the way they calculate it, but it's their their pundits. They're the ones who come out with this just mm, clickbaity, yeah. Colin Cowherd, Stephen A. Smith esque stuff. The stat oh. side of it, I'm a big fan of, but yeah, that that yeah, yeah analytics you can't argue like with this as well because they watch literally every snap that's played. So mm-hmm. it's not like they they're just pulling it out of their ass. I mean, sometimes the stats may be skewed if you're not entirely sure what their assignment is, but they do do their homework on their statistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is their job. We ain't going yeah. to war with PFF. We just think some of their opinions are shit. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> well said, Matt. That sounds like war. Could be war. Could be. Fair enough. So, if we were to actually take a bet on the best deep threat of all time, Randy Moss. Yeah, I would I'd say Randy go, Moss as well. I'd go Randy Moss. Yeah, I think four in on Randy Moss here. Well, we may look back and say Tyreek's up there. I mean, he probably is up there, but Randy Moss is just a different species. Yeah. yeah I mean, am I Tyreke am, am I wrong good. here, or is sorry? Go ahead, Mark. I was just, just going to say Tyreek Hill is is a good like slash great. Yeah. It's deep he's red a great receiver, him, but he's he's not Randy Moss, and that's that's fine. But just don't don't say he's better at doing what Randy Moss was great at doing. 
he's not yeah. Randy Moss, and that's fine. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Am I, am I, I right just... in thinking here that this is the first like opinion or subject that we've ever agreed on, all four of us? That could be. That could. No, that I was think so, the Devonta that was Smith's so um, size wouldn't affect him, and it wouldn't be a big issue in the NFL. We were all on board with that one. Yeah, we're yeah. all very pro Devonte. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're pro Devonte and pro um, Randy. Moss. Slim pickings, though, Stan. You are right. I do yeah, think as well. If we're being entirely honest, we were all quite anti Justin Herbert. Which oh yeah, I had that on him as rookie of the year. Hand on heart. Yes, after slagging him off, I've listened. I've listened to your yeah. takes, Zim. We all <laughs> watch the tape. Watch, watch the, the bet slip, mate. Watch the bet slip. That's what matters. Put your money where your opinion is. I'd go one further and say I'd actually put Calvin Johnson ahead of Tyreek Hill at the moment. Like over his career as a deep threat. That's a very good point, actually. He's a different style of deep threat, but like when you've got like three dudes hanging on to you and you're still catching it, like that's pretty Yeah, just like a, a deep deep ball receiver who can go up and get it, like Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson. Jesus Christ, we'll see. Boom. Like yeah. I just think in general, like we with a lot of sports media, they suffer insane recency bias, and this is just an example of that. That's very true, yeah. Oh, so moving on once again to the final segment of the evening. The uh, NFL draft just happened and we had some exciting rookies taken in the first round. But what I want to know, I guess let's debate it uh, between us. Out of the first round rookie QBs, uh, what week will each rookie QB actually start? Are we just going to go through them one one at a time? So we'll we'll go we'll go from Trevor Lawrence first because he was obviously the number one overall pick. Well, he's going to start week one. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, are we all in agreement there? Because well, I don't know who else is it going to be Gardner Minshew, CJ Bettard, or Jake. Yeah, but no. What if Gardner Minshew balls out? Yeah. I mean, as a as a general rule as well, don't smash the tash, salute. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. <laughs> But I, I don't think you're taking. I don't think you're taking Trevor Lawrence one overall and not playing in week one. Let's so Joe listen to that rule as well. Yeah, don't Joe, smash the tash. Don't smash the tash. Never have. Never, <laughs> never has. Um, right, Zach Wilson. Then I mean, yeah. he's got oh, we, is that another week? We're all in agreement about. Plus, he gets to play the Houston Texans week one as well. So Easy. it's not even like it's a tough. Lock it in. So easy. yeah, that's such an easy decision. Yeah, Zach Wilson's week one as well, right? Yeah, yeah. we don't trust James Morgan or Mike White. Are those no. who are behind him? Jesus those Christ. are who are behind him. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Imagine James if he, imagine Morgan. If he they drafted him last year, didn't they? Camp, but... yeah, yeah, I think so. Imagine if he loses out in training camp to one of them. Like, he won't know, Matt. Matt. No, he won't. Just... Yeah, no, he won't. Even if he's relatively close right now, there's no way that they yeah, ever play one of those two in an actual NFL game that Zach Wilson isn't injured for. Yeah, and I mean Zach Wilson is also promises to be a very good quarterback. So it would be... even if he is very, very cringy in all of his media interviews and anything he to do so with that, cringy, it's yeah. not as bad as his mum. I haven't seen what? his mum, and I don't want to. <laughs> Can I just it... say on on this as well? While we're on topic of Zach Wilson, he said that his his Madden rating, his rookie Madden rating, should be an, at least a ninety. Oh, I saw him yeah, Madden. He, no, every, 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 every rookie says that. They did every, that every just, single year. The only one that didn't was Justin Fields. Justin Fields yeah, was the only course. one with his feet on the ground who was like, I'll probably be like a 78 because I'm a rookie. Everyone else was like, yeah, I should be like 85. Yeah, Zach Wilson studies film and practices instead of plays playing Martin. Oh, shut up. <laughs> lame. So lame. 
This, but that that does happen every single year. Every it's single so year. It's so annoying, though. I hate it. I mean, like, you so have to have that self. You realize these are professional athletes. You have yeah, like I know you've an got enormous amount of self. No, like, he doesn't play Madden. There's a difference allow between it. like having lots of self confidence and self belief, and just being completely fucking wrong about what your stats are going to be in a video game. That yes, doesn't constitute self belief. He Mormons thinks he should be a nineteen. Mormons don't use electricity for the most part. How do you think they play Madden? Uh, that is that's an outrageous statement. You're you're thinking it's of Amish wrong. people. Oh, he is thinking of Amish people. You're you're thinking of Amish people. Yeah, <laughs> you've just said the most ridiculous statement no, live on stream. Well, there's our Mormon audience gone. Cheers, mate. Oh god, oh. damn it! <laughs> ridiculous. Well, every now and then, Stan just comes out with a doozy. You know, I kind of wanted to come back with one of those Amish beards now, just the net beard, no moustache after training camp. That'd you should do it. You should do an apology video with an Amish beard. Well, I mean, apparently they're not going to see it, so what's the point? Look forward to assume I'm capable that of growing crazy. facial hair. Send an apology letter. He's got a harder week one though, game. Yeah, who was just week one game? In fact, he's got a really hard start. So at Carolina, who were pretty good on defense yeah, last year. And they got JC Horn now. And then he plays the Patriots and the Broncos, both of which always have pretty good defenses. So, oh, so he's getting schlacked nice. early. And maybe they will play James Morgan just to take a little bit of a heat. Just ease him in. Yeah, exactly. Damn. No, there's zero chances that Wilson or Trevor Lawrence don't start week one. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't draft those guys like that high to not start them. Agreed. Um, so yes. Yeah, do you want to talk about Trey Lance then? That's yeah, cool. let's go on to a bit more of a contentious pick for Trey Lance. I don't think he starts week one. No, I've got the schedule you. out ahead of me. I didn't bother with the schedule for Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, to be honest. Yeah, because it's irrelevant. They're starting week one. So, let me read out the game. So, they've got week one at the Lions, uh, week two at the Eagles, mm-hmm. week three, Packers, week four, Seahawks, why didn't you just put it Any... on the screen? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Does Joe know how to put things on screen? Why are you doing that? God, we could do that. Yeah, all, all sorts of technology. Madness. When's their bye week? I think that's the most important thing for me. Um, I, they I play week six. They, yeah, they week play six. Cardinals 10th of um, October, and then they've got a two-week break before playing the Indianapolis Colts. See, I reckon they put him in in the, in the Colts game. Then they have that bye week. They have those two weeks to get let him get more first team reps and, and acclimatize the offense and build something around him. And then they start up against the Colts. Wouldn't yeah, be my bet. I mean, that's yeah. It's not a strong secondary. It's, it's a decent front seven, but the secondary is not that great. I've got. I'm surprised he doesn't start. Sure, he plays year one. Yeah, Damn. I'm either. I don't really? think he'll play. I, yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's ready at all. I think he's, I he's think got tons of talent. He's tons of natural talent. But like in terms of being NFL ready, he hasn't. He didn't play football this year. He's played one season as a starter. And I'm not denying his like, his raw ability and talent, but I just don't think he's ready. The same as how Patrick Mahomes wasn't ready to play year one for the Chiefs. And we talk we talk about him a lot, but the 49ers have been really good when Jimmy Garoppolo has been starting for them. Yeah, They're I mean, 24 and nine with Garoppolo as a starter. I think a to... lot of that is. A lot of that's because of their defense, though, and they've. But just they're five and twenty-three without him, though. So yeah, you can't deny point. that he makes them tick. Like there are some issues with Garoppolo; yeah. he's a bit turnover friendly, but he gets them winning games. Yeah, because their think... backups Nick Mullins. But hey, he hey, Nick Mullins had a few game. good games. 
right, the point the point is the the way I see Trey Lance starting this year, either he somehow beats Garoppolo in training camp, which I'd be hugely shocked by. Garoppolo gets injured, which That's I think is very likely is a is yeah. a likelihood. And then once they go to Trey Lance, I'm not sure they go back to Garoppolo. Or they're they're already got their playoff seeding solidified by week 18, and he plays in that game, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but they would do that anyway with any backup quarterback. So, but yeah, I do agree with well, you. Yeah, I don't think he, he needs to play. Um, need to what play. I've what I've literally put down is when Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured. <laughs> he will. That's yeah. that's when he'll go. In. Uh, it'll be against um, the Cardinals. We've got JJ, JJ Watt and Chandler Jones now. It's it could, game over. It could just be when he's yeah. walking to work. He's made a polystyrene. To be honest, like I don't think you've got to wait long. Yeah, he's had um, a he's had a bad go at it, but to be honest, yeah. I kind of agree with what Stan and Slew have said that Trey Lance isn't someone that I feel you want starting right away. It would really benefit him to have a season behind him just to sit and learn coming off playing one game where he didn't look all that great in in that one college game we saw. So, you know, I think he's a very talented guy, but there's no point rushing him in and ruining his yeah. career. True. Also, I, th- I don't think he'll play Week 18 because that NFC West has been so tight for years that I don't think yeah. that the 49ers will be guaranteed a playoff spot by that point necessarily. If they get that playoff spot, well, then then that's incredible and they could make a deep postseason run. But yeah, this NFC West this year is the best it has been in years. Yeah, Maybe the, the Seahawks, best... the Rams and the 49ers. That's tough. Are you waiting for me to pipe up? Because I'm not going to. <laughs> Okay, fair enough then. We're not winning that division. I appreciate the honesty. We'll, okay, we'll moving a, we'll on. get a wild card, but... Moving on to Justin Fields for the Bears. So let me share my screen again for the schedule. He's got to start. I don't think he starts early in the season. And that's not me being biased. It's the fact they've signed Andy Dalton, experienced NFL starter, and your first game is in prime time Sunday night football against the LA Rams, who are a notoriously good defense. Okay, maybe he doesn't start week one, but I think he starts early, yeah. very early. Like, yeah, stands on the thing there. I've seen this all over Twitter. It's like, yeah, let's send Andy Dalton out to get sacrificed against Aaron Donald week one. Exactly. Yeah, we yeah. know we have to. The thing is, I mean, we, not... then, we, then week two, um, he gets revenge against the um, or later on in the season, he gets week um, revenge against the um, Bengals, doesn't he? So you leave Andy Dalton out for that as well. So yeah. want to play him against the Browns, who you've already said have a really good defense this year. No, I'm saying wait, leave, play... leave him out for the Bengals. Well, are we just going to play Dalton oh. against anyone with an above-average defense? And against the Lions, who may literally have a lion on the field. Oh yeah, this oh, was God. hilarious. What's yeah, this? I love Dan Campbell. I love have you Dan heard Campbell. About Dan Campbell wants a pet lion. Of yeah. course he does. Yeah, I absolutely love this man. He's brilliant. Like, I disagree with it from an oh. animal rights standpoint, but the idea of him having a lion on the field is absolutely fantastic. Hey, he said he'd feed it. <laughs> Did you say he, all, he also choice. he also wants to stuff he also wants to put a stuffed sheep outside the front of um the training facility and have his players ignore it because lions don't concern themselves with the view of the sheep. <laughs> wow. Okay, he's really going all in on this whole lion thing, isn't he? I, yeah, I actually love this man. Interesting if he ends up coaching the 49ers. Like, what's his angle there? It's a tougher sell. I don't think he'd have gone for the job. Yeah. Yeah. Mascot, not just good, not, not relatable enough. Yeah, just loose but, the Rams twice every year to prove that you don't concern yourself with them. 
Yeah. You know, no, I, I think Andy Dalton's moving... a starter. It depends on how well they do because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are going to be feeling the pressure if they start off slowly. We saw last yeah. year they're happy to flip between quarterbacks to try and get some wins. And they changed to Foles when they were three and one, didn't they? Because they saw yeah. that Trubisky wasn't doing it. So yeah. basically, as was, soon as Dalton yeah. starts to struggle and the offense isn't looking great, that they'll put Fields in. I think so it we... benefits Pace and Nagy as well by putting Dol- Dol- um, Fields in because then they can play the whole rookie QB. That's why we're not winning card and be like, oh, it's a, it's a development year for Justin Fields. Give us another right. shot. Yeah, I guess so. Or you or the owner will take the take the standpoint of, oh, you failed here. You drafted a bad QB. Get out of my building. Yeah, mm. I, d- I, I, I don't think after one tough. year seems tough. I think it is a bit tough, yeah, but it's a, it's a cruel world out there, Slow. Josh Rosen. Yeah. I don't think he starts week one against the Rams, but I could easily see him coming week two against the Bengals. Yeah. To be honest. Um, I don't know. Like, I think if you're confident enough to play in week two, you just start in week one. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no point saying, oh, we're going to keep you out against um, the Rams because then it sets a precedent for the rest of the season, doesn't it? Oh, we're facing a tough opponent. Let, let us put Andy Dalton in there instead. Like, they may uh, even yeah, win exactly. the job in training camp. What, Andy Dalton? Yeah, maybe. No, Fields. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think Fields should start early on at all. Yeah, but if you look at it through Matt Nagy's perspective, you know you're not going to win games of Andy Dalton. You might as well give Justin Fields a shot as well. Maybe he tears it up like, yeah. and gives them a chance. We will see. We will see. That's the thing is though, it depends on how much you believe in your defense because that's that defense has been good enough that you just need stable quarterback play, and Andy Dalton yeah. might actually offer you that. That's true. Yeah, you got to forget. You got to remember now they cut Kyle Fuller, so they're going to be um quite worse mm. off, I think. I did forget about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know he's just a corner, but he's a very very good corner in that what system. You mean he's just so... a, just a corner. They're people said... too. God damn it. All right, Matt. I was saying, I know he's just a corner, but he did play a very vital role. There was a but in that sentence, so don't worry. I'm not degrading. I don't the like that there was position. a but in that sentence. Outrageous. All right. Strange man. So, Mac Jones, gentlemen. Either yeah. week one or year two. Yes, yeah, it's, it's that or that, isn't it, really? I can't yeah. see Belichick as the type of guy that's going, All right, Cam won the job in training camp he's not going to panic and be like oh we need to we need to get the rookie in now because cam's had a couple of bad games if he yeah. wins the job yeah, legitimately no one's got the nerve to fire bill belichick you just simply don't do it like he's he would never be in the hot seat he could have like two consecutive zero and 16 seasons and he wouldn't get fired oh i don't know about that one one simply does know. not fire bill belichick That's, i think he got hot of, uh... the second season at zero and eight and uh start to take a look around but yeah I, I see i see what your point is like bill belichick's not under any pressure to choose one way or another between the qbs so i think it will be cam I, I think he's the type of guy as well that's gonna like run a legitimately fair qb competition which you often don't really see you hear oh it's a qb competition then there's a In bit a, of politics yeah. it seems behind it like but, belichick's not gonna yeah. care about upsetting people nope exactly yeah he doesn't care me every year. <laughs> so, what do you think is more likely? Do you think it's more likely Cam wins that QB competition? Or yeah, I'd Jones? say so. I'd say Cam. I don't know because the whole thing about Matt Jones is that he's just this pro-ready guy. Yeah. So how I'd much is he going to? How much is he going to improve? For I'd stick him I think it's depending on if he can learn that Patriots offense quickly enough, and then Belichick will be like, "Yeah, 
you, we know you've got the fundamentals down. Yeah, it's who, it's who can learn the offense quickest, really, because if you if they're both equally level in terms of their knowledge of the play, but then Mac Jones starts 100%. Did you watch Cam Newton throw the football last season? It's it's really yeah. ugly. He's He relies on his ability to run way too much, and, which is a bad thing when well, it's because is, you yeah. can't pass. Exactly. I wonder how... Also, how is that playbook going to look when you've got two yeah. completely different quarterbacks you've got a game plan for? That's exactly I what I was thinking. Like They don't... When you say learning the playbook, the, the playbooks are going to be completely different if Cam or Mac. Yeah, McDaniel's can do, McDaniel's can do that though. He'll be completely ca- like competent. Yeah, but then, yeah, but you can't both. run two playbooks because the whole team has to learn them. You can't just have the two yeah. QBs. This is, the, this is the Patriots. This is the Patriots we're talking about. If any team was going to have two playbooks, it would be the Patriots. Yeah, but they're, I, I don't know. That seems so much more effort than necessary. I don't know. To be fair, Cam, his a lot of his success with Carolina, yeah, you have the running stuff built in as well, but the passing stuff was always quite point-guarded, like spread it out, like fire it around because you've got one-on-ones all over the pitch. So maybe the passing playbook would be quite similar between the two. It's just you've got a little bit more running stuff you're able to do with Cam. Yeah. Mm. I just think it makes I... it very one-dimensional with Mac Jones in that respect, then, if you're going to keep that same playbook... No, I don't know, it's, it's no more one-dimensional you... than it is with any other pocket passer. Yeah, exactly. You can't criticise... I, I would take Mac Jones in a heartbeat over Cam Newton at the moment in this stage of his career because Cam Newton's shoulder is just is too much of an issue to ignore at this point in his career. Like, It is horrific, the amount of damage that he's done to his throwing motion and his passing mechanics. He needs, just, he needs to retire. It is a massive shame, and I'm, I'm not yeah. saying this because I don't like Cam Newton. I think he's a great, great guy and has had a great career, but it does come to a point where you just got to hang up the cleats. Yeah. I want it to be Cam Newton. I want him to have a bounce back year. Mm. I do to an extent. But you just want him to have a bounce back year, just not in New England. Yeah, he can have a bounce back year wherever oh, he's he wants. So biased. He's so biased, it hurts. <laughs> you have someone win your division for like 10 years straight and see how you feel about them. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, I I think Mac Jones probably wins the starting position. To be honest, as well. Yeah, me too. Do you? Same reason to stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really don't like what I saw out of Cam last season. It's sad to see, but it is. That is life, you know. We all get old, and eventually, uh, can't you think throw they would have re- as well anymore? Do you think they would have re-signed Cam had they known that Matt Jones they had a legitimate chance of landing Matt Jones? I yeah, because Jones. Bin juice. <laughs> they signed Cam for pennies, so I yeah. honestly think it wasn't that that big of an issue. He played there last year. He, you know, you know, you can get a few wins out of him, but it's not like they were taking a massive risk in signing Cam. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they, know, they it might have that money because he's anyway. such a legit legitimate star that I struggled to see him as a backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah but he's probably retired. Let's be real. <laughs> He's getting paid less than a lot of backup QBs. You've got to think. Like he's getting paid. I think what is it, six million? Yeah, but is he taking that less money because he thinks he's got an opportunity to start? Would, like, how I much is money a factor, factor there? Into it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I personally think if he gets benched and he's not the starter, he retires and calls it a day right there. Probably. That's sad. Then who's the backup? Brian Hoyer still walking around. No, Jared Stidham. 
Yeah, no, they oh, re-signed yeah. Brian Hoyer for another year contract. Brian nice. Hoyer. <laughs> the inev- it's inevitable. Brian Hoyer will always sign one-year contracts with the Patriots after the draft. Yeah, every true. year. Can and I'm glad for him as well. Brian that's Hoyer's the best job. The best job Can is we... just like third string QB where you just have to learn a playbook and do nothing. Yeah. You could pay we, um... a pretty decent backup salary. Is there, is there any way in future episodes we could use the the ballad of Brian Hoyer as um as the outro music? I think for copyright reasons, probably not. But we could we could do a rendition. Yeah, we have to do a karaoke version then. Yeah, Joe, jo, you, you record it, Stan, and we'll do it. I'd have a guitar though. I don't. I don't mean right now. You can play the karaoke. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to end on that right oh. now. If you playing it, Joe, if you go anywhere to get your guitar, that's no, not okay. No, don't do it. I'm do waiting it. for uh, Matt to get his saxophone out or whatever it was. Yeah, I never learned the saxophone. Trumpet. Trumpet. No, <laughs> 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 I want to play trumpet. Yes, I really wanted to learn the saxophone, and then I just didn't buy one. Coward. It's good. It could have been worse. You could have bought one. I play that's saxophone, good. but I just haven't played it since the first lockdown. <laughs> Give me a saxophone. No. All right. On on that thrilling <laughs> note, I think we've we've just about covered all we need to cover. Or we're able to cover. Yeah. Or we're able to, yeah. Uh, but yeah, stick around every Thursday. Like you see, we we've got a stream on with Brit Balling. Thanks again, guys, for having us on. Uh, we also release a podcast every Tuesday, and you can type exclamation part there. Just type. Exclamation Read the mark, comment. They can read the comment. You know, but you know, this we also release this as a podcast as well for those who tuned in during the show but want to listen up right at the end. So you can check us check us out on Spotify at the dropback or wherever you catch your podcasts at the dropback for that. Uh check out our our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the dropback. Thanks again, Brit Ballin. I've been Joe. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. I've been Stan. Until next time. Peace out. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Stan Wilson. 